Hi, this is Kev Lakes Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I'm delighted to say that in my quest to show how international the blues is, I'm now joined down from Down Under by Christina Croft. Christina, are you well? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, all things considered. Yeah, it's been a very, very strange time, hasn't it? And, uh, oh, for sure. You've yep. been recording a new album, haven't you? Uh, well, no, it's a bit of a long story. I've um, been working on some just new songs myself, but I've been gotten involved in a... I suppose a tribute band for the want of a better way to put it with the Bombers, which is another band um, that my late husband used to be in in the late 80s. Um, that band had uh, quite a successful album back in the day um, and it was 30 years anniversary, I think October 2019. So the singer from that outfit, who I'm still friends with, um, Ty Coates, uh, decided that he, we, he, we should um, sort of make a tribute I suppose get together and just do some bombers songs um but in the meantime during lockdown that all sort of took shape because he lost all his band gigs and um so yeah that was the brainwave so we got together and uh, we were re-recording some of the bombers original tracks plus also putting together some new songs pretty much largely written by ty um but we were doing it all remotely because of covid obviously so we're all in our, in our respective houses and he'd send a track and um, by email and, you know, we would all individually just sort of put our bits and pieces on it and then um, we did some videos that way too. So, yeah, so that's that's been another sort of a sideline thing. But, um, yeah, well, as for my own band, not so much. Well, I'm demonstrating my ignorance here, but uh, I've, I've never heard any Bombers music. What style is that? Is that more rock? Yeah, definitely. It's um, like... Uh, yeah, so it was just hard blues rock. Um, they were quite a powerhouse band, um, and you know, it's they've got they had a big following. And they still do. So, but um, it, was, it was quality rock, if you know what I mean. They had some awesome songs, and they were very successful in Australia in their early um, part of the career, but more or less failed because to the record company that had them uh, merged with another company, and as things go they kind of lost the deal they'd released the album and done everything and had was just sort of looking really great for international tours and stuff but yeah one thing and another mm. as as things go just didn't really end up where it probably should have but they were a really mighty band and had had a lot of success and their their original album is still um quite sought after right well another band that steve was with black cat moan I mean, the name implies from that that they were more bluesy. Yeah, that was very much a blues band. They they did all blues covers, but they were all basically, um, you know, a a bunch of mates that were good friends and excellent musicians all playing various other things in their own right but had been in several bands together over the years and they all came together with a common love of that style of blues. Um, And the singer Wayne Jury, he was, um, you know, like my husband Steve was, all mad Paul Kossoff and um, Paul Rogers fans out of free, so... They covered a lot of that sort of stuff. But, yeah, that was a great band. I think of all bands, that was one of Steve's favourite bands to be in. Right. Um, you, was, met, um, you met Steve because he was your guitar instructor, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, I kind of met him when he was playing in a pub back in the 80s in um, Sydney Stanmore and uh, I'd only just kind of 
bought my own first Strat and was I knew for a long while that I wanted to play and so I got talking to him and he um, invited me to get up and play some rhythm with the band for a while and, you know, a couple of nights I went up and did that and he was reasonably impressed that I had enough ear and timing, I suppose, to even follow along and then eventually they got the boot from that pub and um, he was he was teaching out of the, him and a mate, the drummer actually, Peter Heckenberg, that used to be in his band or who was who was in black cat moan and also in the bombers but um they taught together out of that along a, a house 15 k's or so away they had a business a business house thing going called epping music um so yeah i started once they once they got the boot from that hotel i, I just started going out there so i sort of had lessons for about five years and then you know always had a major crush on him <laughs> 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 so was it was it Steve that got you into the blues, or were you into that before? Well, look, yeah, I suppose he really he kind of educated me, I guess, um, in terms of I I always knew I wanted to play music. Like I was a bit of a music sponge, as like my mum was into music. But I the first music that inspired me to play guitar was Creedence Clearwater Revival. Like as a as a teenager young teenager or preteen actually and i just as soon as i heard all that swampy stuff i thought oh, i don't know what that is but i've got to do it <laughs> and, um, yeah i loved it it was so kind of funny and i mean i, I sort of had a lot of leaning and probably in, influence towards country music but strangely enough i think it was looking out my back door was one of the first songs and i just loved that bit of dobro guitar in there and i said to my mum one day what's that i really love that i want to learn how to play that and she said oh i think it's a slide guitar <laughs> so um or a dobro or something you know so she had enough obviously some knowledge of music but yeah it was that that i i definitely was not into heavy rock as much as a kid like a lot of my friends by the time i was a teenager were right into deep purple and all of that stuff which huge respect for those bands but like i just i was much more into bad company and free and you know just, um all the swampier stuff like credence and even the eagles and things like that so yeah, all all good yeah. ones. I've I've not heard a bad name there. Um, oh, so, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, eventually, you went on and formed a band called Croft Croftstown Traffic. Yeah, that was me because by that time I was married um, to Steve, and we I'd been you know like when when I was just getting into music back in those days, like. I bought my Vox AC30 and had this Strat and used to lug it all around the place, but I sort of couldn't really play lead or anything, but I just thought, well, the only way to learn anything, I guess, is to put my name out there, so I just kept applying for ads where they wanted a rhythm guitarist and, uh, you know, that were just amateurish bands anyway, nothing sort of out there, but I, I, I did a lot of playing in all sorts of bands back in those days and um, gradually got to playing more lead and stuff and ended up in, you know, working and earning some money from, from gigging around town as well as always having a day job, I might add. But, um, you know, I had a, had a child to, to raise as well, so I was never in that position to just throw it all down the drain and go jump in a car and go cruising around the country playing music. But, um, you know, it, it, it was good grounding and, um, yeah, just I was extremely nervous in the beginning. I was so shy. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> If I made a mistake, it was like, oh, no, the end of the world, I'm going to be killed. <laughs> but, um, yeah, then, you know, your confidence grows. But eventually by that, I just, to be honest, I just got really, the better I got as a player and the more I sort of knew what I wanted to play and the style that I was going, 
getting into, I suppose, was more like Rory Gallagher and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and then I just got sick of always being in a band because I couldn't sing or wasn't singing. So I was always in a band where other people were the singer. So therefore, ultimately, they're calling the shots because they're saying, well, it's my band, I'm singing. So these are the songs we're going to play. And like I just found myself going, oh, really? I don't want to do that anymore. I want to play songs I want to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started singing. You know? were, were you writing your own songs at this point then? No, not straight off. No, I, I mean, I always dabbled in a bit of like lyric writing, I suppose, throughout my, probably even as a young teenager, I'd write some words down, never did anything with them. I suppose lack of confidence maybe, but I, or not even having that sense of direction. But yeah, once um, I, Crofstown traffic went for a few years, probably, and then Steve, the bombers kind of eventually disintegrated. So I coerced Steve into joining into my band, so it be, we, you know, we still called it Crosstown Traffic for a while, and then, um, you know, we thought he is a great player and so good to be together with him and me on stage, you know. So we did a few gigs, and then eventually, by you know the early two thousands, his illness was starting to show. So that's why we ended up recording that CD called Crosstown Unboogies. That was my first, you know, recording riffs and different things over the years. So we kind of just got together one day and got out his old four-track stuff and thought, wow, that's a great riff. Let's make a song out of that. But, yeah, so, as it's gone on, I think I've just kind of developed more of a style of my own now. Like, I know more or less who I am, I feel. Is Crofttown on Boogie still available, then? It is, yeah. Um, it should be, at least. Um, I'll have to investigate that. It's <laughs> definitely available through me. Um, I've got it. I mean, it's on my website, the christinacrofts.com, and I had it up on – had it, it was on iTunes before, but I eventually took it off there uh, just because of the deal uh, not that long ago, but it's probably – I don't know if it's still on iTunes, to be honest, but oh. it's definitely available on my website. Already. And you were saying earlier about your mother and the musical influences that she sort of pushed your way. And yeah. That you have Scandinavian stroke German ancestors. So yes, this did, is right. Did, well, because I mean, we're saying how international the blues is, but international yeah. music as well that can influence your styles as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, look, it was my father who was Norwegian. My mum, she's of English descent, uh, like most Aussies are. And but she just had she had a passion for music. She loved music, classical music. As a really little girl, I loved classical music, and I wanted to be a dancer. I was mad about ballet, so that was my first. Well, like, I'm saying like when I was six to eight years old, but it just never happened. And being a relatively poor family, we didn't really have enough money to go chasing that around. And you know, as sad as it was, it didn't happen. And I was quite committed to that too when I was little, but I, I always loved that kind of music as well, you know, and she'd always have records of that nature. And one of her brothers, Stan, was, um, he was actually a country balladeer that made quite a success of himself in his later life. So he's a bush singer for Australia, uh, in Australia, uh, Stan Costa. Um, so she was always playing his music as well. And He'd come fleeting into town once in a blue moon. I can remember him leaving a guitar or bringing a, a guitar once when when I was about eight years old, and I asked him to show me how to play some chords, and he played me C, G, and D, and I never forgot how to play them. So <laughs> any time I found a guitar, I thought, I'm going to play those chords. Yeah, but, um, yeah and mum could play the piano, piano accordion as well. So, yeah, and yes. all that German music was in there. 
you played many, many festivals around Australia. Have you? Yeah. Have you ventured abroad? <laughs> I wish. Um, <laughs> I I have tried. Look, I mean, I don't have a manager, so whatever I've done, I've done through just being determined and trying hard. But it is not an easy road, and I feel that you know, like for whatever reason, I've never been able to convince anybody overseas to put me on, um, even with my Norwegian ancestry and stuff. I would have thought maybe there might be some connections with some of those festivals like Hell Blues and in Norway and a few things. And uh, I have tried somewhat, but nothing has come of it. So I feel like uh, unless you've got somebody selling it for you, you know, it's, it's a bit hard. Yeah. Maybe you just need the right gift of the gab, but... Um, yeah, I, I mean, we, we can keep our fingers crossed. I mean, maybe the yeah. uh, the International Blues Challenge at Memphis, maybe you could put yourself forward for that one year. Yeah, I was actually thinking about doing that the last time. Um, yeah, because, I mean, I've never... I suppose part of the thing is that I'm not really a traditional blues artist either, so I probably psych myself out a bit there because I'm more blues rock than blues. So I always, you know, there's a... Yeah, how do you put it? Like, there's certain element of blues not that it would stop me from trying but you know i'd love to do that um but i don't know maybe i just don't imagine myself as being the right sort of blues for those things well this is one reason why the show that i do is called shades of blues because it's not just i woke up this morning and my dog was dead you know, there's, yeah, <laughs> there's so much more that's to it what i'm that. talking about yeah. that's what i mean i don't fit the mold in that big mama singer voice type because i don't you know, I sound more like a country artist, I suppose, when I sing. I have that said to me a lot. But um, you can't be what you aren't. And, you know, I, I like what I do and I don't want to pretend to be something that I'm not. So, well, you know, I, mean, I, the, play, the, I play what I like. There is uh, a definite blues scene in Australia. But you're saying it, is it more sort of concentrated in one area? Oh, look, it's, it's sort of a, look, put it this way, like whenever I play, I go over exceedingly well. Like people love what I do, audiences love it. And I think I've made a lot more momentum in the last few years. I mean, I've been dealing with a lot, caring for Steve for all those years. So, I, you know, that's been a bit of a, you know, like a sideline to why I probably haven't been quite as successful as I would have hoped to be. But because no, Steve was sick for so long, um, you know, that took a lot out of me. So I wasn't never was the kind of person that could say well I'm going off to play the blues see ya like you know mm. that's not how that would have played out but that that's a, a fact of, I guess of why I haven't been free to really just push through in some way or shape or form but I just kept doing what I could but in the last few years like since especially my last CD that I did, the Just Our Love Feels one, that did so well on the blues charts out here which has been great it got a lot of radio airplay and a lot of interest um from various places around the world as well and a really good review or two um and i was just starting to get more in the last four years maybe it's just sort of started to get a lot of people actually contact me to be on festivals so i guess it's a slow burn you know but and then covid came along and knocked out my last little batch of dates that i had I was just about to leave to go on a run of dates down to melbourne and play on a festival in mildura and we were to leave on the 19th of march last year and that was the day we got locked down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many so, people that I've spoken yeah. to in the past 12 months were either just going on tour or just releasing albums. Yeah. And like that. It, it's just yeah. been really bad. 
how is yeah. it over there? Is it settling down now? Are things easing up? Oh, look, we are so blessed out here. Seriously, like we've had a few fires of it, but we've it's pretty much back to normal. Like we we had another. There was some person. We've got virtually no cases now. But any any cases that we do are people that are in hotel quarantine, returning from overseas. Mm. Um, so, so we don't seem to have any community transmission, and they're, you know, gradually rolling out the vaccine. But a lot of us, like me, we're going, yeah, we're going to wait and watch for a bit because, you know, not not sure about this vaccine, but we'll see. Festivals might well happen in a couple of months' time because you can socially distance at those. But obviously, yeah, this, pub yeah. gigs, bars, and things like that—that's not going to happen. For no, some time. we've been back. We've been back doing that for a while. Oh, um, right. Yeah, it's 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 kind of all happening. Like, I mean, with, with a degree of social distancing. But we, yeah, it's been really good even since before Christmas. Like, I actually did a gig in early November. I randomly got a gig offered to me out of the blue. So that was the first one for, like, nine months since COVID. Um, last one I did before that was March last year. And then um, it, in November last year, we did a really good little gig on a Sunday afternoon. And it was a bit awkward because they made everybody sit down, but there might have been about 30 or 40 people at it, a little small venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you weren't allowed to stand and have a drink or talk. So the public, they're panicking because they can get fined, you know, for having people standing up and all that. But... Then we had a big outbreak again, at more or less in that same area that we played just before Christmas. I think two returned air hostesses or stewards did something naughty and broke out of hotel quarantine and went in a cab ride around town and started another, you know, outbreak. Yeah. Um, but our premier in New South Wales is really good, so she didn't kind of overreact and she just shut down that area that they come from and that was right before Christmas and we were thinking oh here we go we're going to all be you know back back to total lockdown but she did good and um, you know there's been a few little bits like that here and there but pretty much if you came here you'd almost think we were totally back to normal people have been back in the shops we're not wearing masks for months now right that is a sign of hope and uh, I'm glad to hear that Um, so what are your plans then for the future Oh, look, I would love to just get back into gigging. And like last year when just before COVID, my son and I went to Iceland and Norway and we had a really good time there and I met with a lot of my relatives and met some venues. And one of them, you know, I was just on talking to some venue owners and being introduced by my relatives, hoping to, you know, would have hoped to have already been back there by now because I sort of more or less got offered the chance to, you know, come and do some shows over there. But was just in the process of setting that up but of course COVID kind of undid that as well so moving forward that's what I would really like to do I'd love to just get back on board and start looking elsewhere for some gigs and do something exciting <laughs> yeah and you said you've yeah. done the uh, the Bombers tribute album is there a solo, uh, is there yeah. a solo album in the pipeline uh, Oh, yeah, there would be more. It's not going to be happening immediately, but, like, that, I would love to do this sooner rather than later because, um, yeah, it was the last one I did was uh, the 19th, uh, I think, yeah, two, October 19th I left, I, I released that one. So I've got about another four or five songs that I'm working on, but it's a bit another curveball is that good and bad, like since COVID, I got offered another job in amongst it all, so I ended up, totally working full-time for about the last eight or nine months so 
that's sort of good because we were all worried about what COVID was going to do to everybody. So I was lucky to kind of get it and keep a job through that time. Yeah. And um, or expand my job. So, but it, like at the same time, it there's been no motivation to do anything musically because there's been nothing happening. And the gig scene is pretty quiet around here. Like some lots of bands are working. It's not raging, but you know the pubs are having bands and they're slowly kicking back in. But a lot of them are gone to having duos and solos and that again. Yeah. We can but hope that things return to a certain normality sometime soon. Yeah, um, I hope so. Uh, we hope that you are able to get over here. I'll keep on buying my lottery ticket, and if I win, I'll bring you over here myself. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, well, I'd love to come over there too. And uh, just all the best for the future. Thank you for taking the time out to do this. Oh, thanks, Kim. appreciate you having me on your show. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.